Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about personality types based on a couple of quizzes that we took, which in the end was actually just one quiz that we took because the other one was garbage. <laughs> the other one was definitely <laughs> trash. And the specific one that we took was the 16 personalities Myers-Briggs test, which a lot of people I'm sure are familiar with. But uh, we, we found some interesting things about ourselves in this uh, in this little test that we took. So I'm excited. Yeah. And when we say interesting things, like a lot of the stuff we already knew about ourselves, but it's very, very interesting to see how these random questions that you answer, they're able to then analyze you and read so much about you. Because a lot of this, and we'll, we'll come to find out, a lot of this does feel pretty accurate. And then it's interesting where some of the things that maybe we don't agree with as much, is there something that maybe we aren't realizing about ourselves? Uh, I don't know. So before we go any further with this episode, how do you feel now that you took this quiz and you looked at all the results? Uh, I feel it's pretty accurate. Uh, one thing I will say is we, we, like Steven mentioned earlier, we did take, we just took this test and another test. And one thing that's important about personality tests is maybe even do some research on <laughs> the personality test itself. Because for instance, this Myers-Briggs test has gone through a lot of research uh, within psychology as a science so there's a lot of backing behind it people feel like it's it's uh pretty accurate with how it represents us as people and there are going to be things that i think steven and i will see in our personality types that maybe we don't agree with but i i almost think that sometimes that reluctance to agree with it is maybe those things are things we don't like about ourselves so i'm excited a little bit (laughs) yeah i'm excited to see that part of it a little bit as well um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really liked kind of finding out, I don't like it. So my personality type is a campaigner. I took another test or another on another site that was pretty much the exact same test and it called me a champion. So I now, now I sound way, way less cool that I'm a campa- campaigner than a champion. So I think, uh, I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> but you, your guy has a sword, you know, the, the protagonist. Yeah, I got to be a good old protagonist, which is honestly incredible. And the, the craziest part about being a protagonist is that only 2% of the population falls under being a protagonist. And that includes Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey, arguably the two most important people of our time. So now Stephen is lumped in with the two most important people of our time. And and if you're wondering if he's let me hear about this, uh, you don't need to wonder anymore. He's definitely brought this up multiple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love I've, bringing it up. I've got people like Robert Downey Jr. and uh, a fictional character, Michael Scott from The Office. He's also a campaigner. Uh, if you're wondering specifically, I'll put a link in the, the show description for you guys. But if you're wanting to know which test we actually took, if you go to 16personalities.com, that's where you can take the test and find out what you are. Before we get into the nitty gritty of our personality types, I did want to talk about two things specifically. Stephen and I had been really curious with these personality tests to find out what overlap there was between us because we definitely felt like we were similar in some ways but what was it specifically so a couple things obviously um well i'll read my initials so i'm an enfp which is extroverted intuitive feeling and uh prospecting and then i'm enfp dash t which is turbulent and then steven you are enfj slash t and what does the J stand for? Judging. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only difference in our initials uh, specifically. Uh, we have percentages and we can kind of go through that. But I wanted to really quick touch on the things that uh, are kind of underlying this personality test that we have similar. One of them is the role that we play. So if you go to the 16personalities.com, there are different roles. Uh, I think there is the diplomat, um, the uh, analysts, there, there are a couple different like cat umbrellas that hold different categories uh, underneath them, and we are both diplomats. So I just wanted to read off to give you guys a little context what a diplomat is, and then we can kind of discuss it a little bit. 
But uh, the diplomat umbrella basically encompasses advocates, mediators, protagonists, and campaigners. Again, Stephen's a protagonist, and I'm a campaigner. These tend to be you campaign warm- my my protagonistness. Yeah, good joke. <laughs> Glad we got that joke in there. <laughs> These tend to be warm, caring, and generous individuals shining in diplomacy and counseling. These personality types promote cooperation and harmony, tolerating discord only as a step towards positive change. Their perceptive abilities seemingly go deeper than the traditional senses. It's as if they have a full set of tuning forks in their hearts that can resonate with people's emotional states. And this empathetic sensitivity creates deep connections with others. And I think this is kind of self-explanatory with just us having a podcast. I think there are people that have been able to connect with our show because we exhibit some of these tendencies. Definitely. Um, any other thoughts that you had on that before I go on to the our strategy as a person? No, I think we can we can start talking about some of like the results here. Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I hope there's something in this uh, personality test that talks about how we make plans before the show, and then Steven just completely throws them out the window. <laughs> The next thing I was going to talk about that Steven and I have in common is our strategy as people. And our strategy <laughs> is social in- engagement. Uh, oh, yeah, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just social completely forgot. Both of us. <laughs> so just so you know, the strategy determines how we approach everyday situations and achieve our goals. Um, so for social engagement, I'll just give you a, a quick little context. And then hopefully Steven can pay attention long enough to give any thoughts on this. <laughs> all right for social engagement um the the, sh- the shared traits for people that have this strategy are extroverted and turbulent those with the social engagement strategy are an interesting group in some ways extroversion and turbulence conflict with each other extroversion leads to risk tolerance and boldness turbulence reflects self-doubt and sensitivity turbulence also contributes to impulsivity with which extroversion makes highly visible This means social engagers tend to do what comes naturally first and think about it later. In this way, they are almost an exaggeration of their underlying personality types. This isn't a bad thing. This push and pull between ambition and alarm, impulse and caution, highs and lows can itself be quite stressful, but it's all part of this strategy's charm. These personality types are often restless in pursuit of their goals to improve their circumstances, but show their passion by indulging their desires through some earned fun. Social engagers work hard at their personal and professional development, striving to meet all manner of stringent standards, but they lead dynamic lives as well, filled with companionship, sharing adventures and accomplishments with others whenever possible, and whatever direction they pull, they are sure to pull the crowd with them. Yeah, especially the last part where, like, sharing adventures. I've specifically talked about how that's exactly what I want in my life is to be on this adventure and then bring all the people who I care about with me. And I love, absolutely love, like, sharing the stories and stuff. I mean, the podcast in itself, I feel like, is a good demonstration of you and I pretty much talking about our lives and then connecting it into this bigger picture and talking about this, like, life journey and then the people we have on the show with us mm-hmm. are sort of the the people that we brought along the way on the journey. So yeah, I, I can I can agree with most of this. But, so yeah, yeah we've uh, we had a little um, reluctance towards the turbulent part of it. That's something that I think we'll get into later on in the show. But mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think that that whole strategy of the social engager does a great job of of uh, pointing out where that kind of comes into play. But uh, yeah, do you want to start off with I mean, I don't know. Do you want to start with the what our percentages is? Do you want to ignore that and go on to strengths and weaknesses? What do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just give a, a little bit of a breakdown of mine, uh, like the high level. So anyone who's not super familiar with this test, just give you guys a little bit of background. So there's 16 personality types. I'm a protagonist. Forget the specific um, type of personality that that fits into. There's like all the subcategories, uh, but there's like, do you know what I'm talking about? There's like four subcategories and there's four in each one. Right. Yeah. That's, I already kind of mentioned that. Yeah. So I 
just to give you some some general traits of me specifically as a protagonist, uh, my individual traits: seventy-two percent extroverted, eighty-three percent feeling, eighty-two percent judging, seventy. No, no, no! I already messed this up. Seventy-two. <laughs> <laughs> I just skipped one of them completely. I'm seventy-two percent extroverted, eighty-three percent intuitive, eighty-two percent feeling, seventy-two percent judging, sixty-one percent turbulent. Um, any of those you have any specific questions on? I guess we can. We, I guess I can go over the the judging one since that's something different than yours. Yeah. Just so to see. what? Protagonists judging is judging. Judging individuals are decisive, thorough, and highly organized. They value clarity, predictability, and closure, preferring structure and planning to spontaneity. The, there is – so a lot of that, it's kind of hard to know what to make of it because I – like, I do really like structure. Like, I do a lot of the same stuff all the time. Um, but what was the first part again? Uh, the, the first line. Decisive, thorough, and highly organized. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm probably not very thorough. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. very, like, short to the point with things, so probably yeah. not so much that one, but mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of the other ones I feel like were pretty on point. I, I definitely think, I mean, you kind of have to be organized to some extent, even if you are spontaneous in, in certain instances. I think the spontaneity comes from your creativity, not necessarily – your personality itself because of I think maybe even your ADD has an impact on this in order for you to kind of keep things together you probably have to have some sort of organization that works for you I also think you've talked in the past about a lot of times in which if you get out of your specific routine it really messes with you and I think that oh yeah dude it's it's very true (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and people might relate to that too but I think you've definitely shown that that shines true for you so i can i can definitely see it all right let's hear yours uh yeah so i'm the campaigner and um i am 61 percent extroverted 55 percent intuitive 79 percent feeling 54 percent prospecting and then 56 percent turbulent so my percentages are all a lot less extreme than Stevens. I I wonder what that means. Does it mean like you're less decisive on it? Uh, Well, I typically with these tests, I I don't go, I don't know how many times you selected I strongly agree towards something or not, but I think I did it maybe once. Oh, that's actually good that you say that because I do it all the time. Yeah. So that's (laughs) always, I'm like, I strongly agree with this. Yeah. (laughs) Just because the, the, the situations are so broad, so it's hard for me to strongly agree without knowing the context. Maybe that's a cop out, but that's that's just kind of where I come from no. when I approach these tests. But but that's actually a good point in general. Where, as, like, the the weirdest part for me taking these are is I feel like you could just slightly word it differently, and I'd have a completely different answer. <laughs> and yet, this is supposed to determine my personality type. When I'll literally see that and think, okay. I'd say in most contexts, like one of the questions that we talked about was um, at the end of a tough week, you want to party or it was, I forget exactly how it worded it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I want, like, the first thing I want to do is be really social and just like really let loose. But then sometimes at the end of a tough week, I just want to be left completely alone. So it's like, do I completely agree or completely disagree? Or am I, do I just put right in the middle? And I feel like it also depends on, well, what have I been doing recently? So right. I feel like there's a lot of things that can factor into how you're going to answer the question. Yeah. So one thing that we actually talked about before this test was what these tests are designed to do is they ask you a version of the same question over and over and over again so that overall it gets an idea of who you are. So, for instance, that question I think that you just brought up was – after after a stressful week, do you want to go out and party? Well, that's I think that question probably is trying to determine your extroversion. And I am an extroverted person, but that definitely doesn't fit with me. So it wouldn't be fair in this personality test for that to be the only question that it asks me about how extroverted I am. So it just asks those questions over and over again to get a basis of how you are. And the idea you could take this quiz over and over again and you probably will end up getting the same result. Uh, I actually took this, I think three or four years ago and I got campaigner 
And then I also took it. Oh, really? It, mm-hmm. I also took it about. Um, I took it on a different site where I was talking about the one that called me a champion. The champion yeah. was the same personality type as the campaigner. It just called it a different thing on a different site. Uh, um, yeah. But I was the ENFP. Uh, so let me actually talk about the prospecting because you were judging and I was prospecting. So prospecting individuals are very good at improvising and spotting opportunities. They tend to be flexible, relaxed, nonconformists who prefer keeping their options open. Hmm. So... Which is interesting, too, because <laughs> when it comes to the podcast, I feel like I've been the one that wants it, some things to be a little more structured than we have been sometimes, <laughs> whereas you wanted to be more flexible. Dude, but, I'm all about flexibility. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, I think both of these have, again, I'm only 54% prospecting versus 46% judging. So, Dude, I'm 72% judging. Dude, That's you're all a I'm doing, man. Judgmental asshole. <laughs> I apparently, I, to be honest, I got very taken aback when I saw that I was seventy-two percent judging. I was like, Ooh. I don't think that's actually what that means. I don't think it Ooh. means that you're judgmental. <laughs> yeah, but you got to imagine my first thought when I see that. I'm right. like, well, well, well. I don't like the sound of that one bit. But yeah, um, anything else you want to say before we move into strengths and weaknesses? Um, well, let's. Just for people to know the protagonist a little bit, um, do you want to, in your yeah. actual introduction, maybe like read yeah, off yeah, the yeah. first okay. paragraph or something? So, so very simply put, pro- protagonists are natural-born leaders full of compassion or full of passion and charisma, forming around 2% of the population, as I had mentioned. They are oftentimes our politicians, our coaches, and our teachers, reaching out and inspiring others to achieve and do good in the world. With a natural confidence that begets influence, protagonists take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves and their community. Dude, you I feel like that just, does a pretty good. You sounded exactly like Obama when you gave that speech. <laughs> Dude, am I? You're am I Stephen Obama? Obama? <laughs> Stephen Obama. Oh man! All right, so uh, a campaigner is. Um, is a true free spirit. They are often the life of the party, but unlike types in the explorer role group, campaigners are less interested in the sheer excitement and pleasure of the moment than they are enjoying the social and emotional connections they make with others. Charming, independent, energetic, and compassionate, the 7% of the population that they comprise can certainly be felt in any crowd. Do you feel pretty ordinary being in the 7% versus me in the 2%? See, what did I tell you, you, folks? We're going to be hearing this a lot now. (laughs) Steven doesn't like to let things go, and he's real proud of this 2%. Dude, okay, to to be fair, though, like, literally I'm compared to the president, and I'm in the 2%. Like, could you, and my character has a sword. Like, are you serious here? My guy is waving, and he's got a cool hat. Your guy's waving and has a cool hat, so it's like Link, but only the cool hat. <laughs> I was like, I don't even have a sword in this. I'm also like Will Smith, Robin Williams, Russell Brand. Dude, I got a lot of cool people. Yeah, dude, you got Russell Brand, and I got the President of the United States. He's Just not the President anymore. Eh, He's old president. news. He's old news. Anyways, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> All right, so here's some... Um, Here's some strengths of a good old protagonist. We're tolerant, reliable, charismatic, altruistic, and natural leaders. Pretty much, let's see. I'm definitely very tolerant. I'm very reliable. I think I'm charismatic. I don't know what altruistic means. And natural leaders, I think I've kind of come into my own where I, I me, I think I lead by example. Naturally. You think so? I don't know. Well, what, what do you think? Do you think that these sound like, does this sound accurate of me, these? I think in general, yeah. I mean, some. I think with anybody, you're not like purely reliable. Sometimes you might have well, some, hey things, <laughs> some things you're not reliable on. Let's um, see, wait, 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 wait. What, give me an example. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot now. See, this man's got nothing. I don't know this if you man, want me to give an example. This man, <laughs> 
this man's got nothing. He's having to he's having to get to low blows to come up. Nope, moving on, moving on. All right. Uh, Just for the audience, altruistic means uh, a desire to do good in and for their communities, be it in their own home or the global stage. Warm and selfless, protagonists genuinely believe that, that if they can just bring people together, they can do a world of good. So that, I think that's definitely for it you. Definitely um, seems like it for me. And I don't think you're just a leader by example. I think you know people who come into your live streams and might talk to you and stuff are definitely uh, inspired by uh, some of the messages that you say. I mean, people that listen to this podcast even, I'm sure, hear things that you say and... Um, find it ringing true to them um so I, I definitely think that these definitely fit you so well let's hear what yours are i'm curious now well funny that you're curious because my first one is curious the second Ooh, one is observant man am i my fortune teller uh third <laughs> one is energetic and enthusiastic next is excellent communicator know how to relax very popular and friendly Dude, this is coming from the high school quarterback, so I got the last one on point. <laughs> because me being the quarterback just automatically means I'm popular and friendly? 100%, dude. Everyone knows. Look, look at every single TV show and movie depiction of the quarterback. Yeah, they're all completely accurate. <laughs> Are dude, these That's just stats. Any of these that you do not agree with? No. That's pretty accurate. Okay. What, what do you think? Anything that you don't, don't agree um, with? Um... Here. No, I, I think I think it's pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean the energetic and enthusiastic. I've definitely this one is a little harder to say that it's kind of just like you know my argument about you not always being reliable. I'm not always yeah. energetic and enthusiastic. I've definitely had moments where I feel like I was going through a lot of shit and this part of me was gone. But that's a good point. I, that, that did cross my mind. But I think, like, in general, yes. like, you, you have a lot of enthusiasm towards, like, what you can bring to this world and what lies ahead of you. Well, and a good thing that you can take from this, too, is when when I was going through those things that maybe caused me to be less energetic or enthusiastic, people knew a difference in me. They didn't – they felt like I wasn't myself. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that you've had situations like that, too, where people are like, geez, what's going on with you? You don't seem like yourself. And it's probably because point. you're not – you're not uh, conveying these parts of who you are that are typically shining. So, yeah, that's a good point. What about uh, your your weaknesses? Okay, overly idealistic. Um, just because that that is a little bit confusing. It's people with the protagonist personality type can be caught off guard as they find that through circumstance or nature or simple misunderstanding, people fight against them and defy the principles they've adopted however well-intentioned they may be. They are more likely to feel pity for this opposition than anger and can earn a reputation of naivety. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you, so, do you agree with that? I just, like, I guess I don't really get it. I don't really get what this means. That so. you just have an idealistic uh, worldview, that you probably ultimately see the good in the world... Um, and maybe it can come across as naive to people in some of the good things that you can see. Uh, maybe. I just don't think that it's really affected me too much. I feel like it actually is a, is a positive more than anything else. I, I, I definitely think that this is you. Um, specifically, in we've had conversations about past relationships where maybe a person wasn't very good for you, but you saw the goodness in them and it caused you to <laughs> continue down this road that might not have been very positive for yourself. I mean, I, I think that I'm this as well, um, but uh, I definitely think that you fall, fall under it. I, I think it can be a positive because it keeps you pumping, but I also think that it can keep you in something that maybe is more destructive than productive. You know, very well put. So, yeah, I, I guess you're kind of right. Um too selfless, too sensitive, fluctuating self-esteem, and struggle to make tough decisions. So just a real quick on these. Too selfless, yes and no. I think before, definitely, but I think as I've moved to Chicago and I put more of an emphasis on myself, I've gotten away from being too selfless. I think I've got a pretty good balance. 
worked on now. Too sensitive? Um, yeah, I do think that sometimes I'll be too sensitive to a situation where I should just let it go. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I should just, like, cut someone out or um, move on from something, but I'll be too sensitive, definitely. Fluctuating self-esteem? I can definitely relate to this. As I've said before, I, I generally have a, a good self-esteem, but like anything, I find myself in a funk sometimes because I'll just feel like I can't get anything working, and it I, it will fluctuate for sure. Like, um, struggle to make tough decisions, I definitely do because I'm always thinking of the big picture, and I know that any decision I make does affect the big picture in one way or another. Even if it's a, a decision that seems like it just affects the next week, it technically affects the rest of your life, and I do realize that. So, yeah, I, I, I can agree that th- these are pretty accurate, I'd say. Well, one thing I think that's uh, very interesting, too, is part of the, the importance of these personality tests is to find out what your weaknesses are because then you can work on them. You know, this isn't to say that you always are going to be too selfless because like you said, maybe that was a weakness that's kind of part of who you are as a person, but you've Mm -hmm. recognized, hey, I can't keep doing this if I want to achieve my goals or things like that. So that's something I just wanted to point out because it's not like you get the results. You're like, great, I'm too selfless. Fuck, my life's over. (laughs) You know, there's, there's hope in the idea of discovering this stuff because then you can be like, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. My default might be to do for others in a lot of situations, but maybe sometimes I need to stop and think, hey, I got to do something for myself here to keep going. Yep, good point. All right, weaknesses over the campaigner. Poor practical skills. Um, I just want to read this one real quick because this is interesting. When it comes to conceiving ideas and starting projects, especially involving other people, campaigners have exceptional talent. Unfortunately, their skill with upkeep, administration, and follow-through on those projects struggles. Without more hands-on people to help push day-to-day things along, campaigners' ideas are likely to remain just that. Ideas. I think that definitely can apply to me. One of the things that people close to me can get frustrated with is my lack of consistency with things. I'll have a big... Uh, push of passion and idea that it will be great and one of the weaknesses that I've tried to work on is finding an idea that I'm strong I'm passionate about enough that I will continue seeing it through Um, so I find it my next weakness is find it difficult to focus I overthink things get stressed easily highly emotional and independent to a fault um, independent to a fault. You want me to read it? Yeah. No, no, I, I got to pull it up. Uh, um, what do you think about that last one? Well, let me just read it for the audience because they might not have it pulled up. <laughs> Campaigners loathe beca- being micromanaged and restrained by heavy-handed rules. They want to be seen as highly independent masters of their own fates, even possessors of an altruistic wisdom that goes beyond draconian law. The challenge for campaigners is that they live in a world of checks and balances, a pill they are not happy to swallow. Uh, I would definitely say that. I mean, I think maybe even me moving out to Rochester uh, to, to do school and stuff was me kind of um, putting forth this independence to do this on my own, maybe even more so than I actually needed to. And one thing I've realized is being in an environment like this probably actually isn't the best for me because I am extroverted and I take on energy from being around people. But me being out here, I don't really have that luxury because I don't know anybody out here other than when I'm in class and stuff. Um, Highly emotional, I definitely think, yeah, I get pretty pretty, um, emotional and that can cause issues. I think as I've gotten older... I think highly emotional, that aspect definitely crippled me when I was younger. Um, and it still does. If I if I get into a, a place where it's kind of fight or flight instinct, my instinct will become emotional, I think, because that's kind of my default. Uh, but I think when I'm able to keep more of a clear head, I've been able to tame this part of me a little bit better, um, get stressed easily. Um, I think that comes, and it even says it kind of comes from the overthinking of things. And I've definitely been uh, told that I overthink things in the past. And I think you could probably attest to that as well. Uh, yes, I can. 
Cool. Let's, uh, anything else you want to talk about strengths and weaknesses? No, we can move on. All right, I, want to, I like the next one. So, romantic relationships. Uh, what I like about this one is this is pretty much like the love languages. So, part of the reason why we got inspired to do this was for the love languages quiz, which was um, something we did probably like 15 episodes ago now, if not more, mm-hmm. um, where we took a quiz that was how we like to receive love. So I was kind of curious if there would be some overlap um, with this here. Um, Brandon, any, anything that stood out to you from your, from yours? Oh, 100%. Listen to this. This is fucking me to a T, dude. <laughs> Campaigners go all in with their relationships, and if they fall apart despite their efforts, they can end up plagued with questions about why the relationship failed and what they could have done differently. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's... <laughs> Dude, with, mine is really accurate, too. Let's but. hear yours. Let's hear your thing. <laughs> okay, so the reason why mine is really accurate, I'm, I'll read part of it, and then I'll tell you why. Um, people who share the protagonist's personality type feel most at home when they are in a relationship, and few types are more eager to establish a loving commitment with their chosen partners. Protagonists take dating and relationships seriously, selecting partners with an eye towards the long haul rather than the more casual approach that might be expected from some types in the Explorer group. So the reason why I think this is really accurate to me is I've made a bunch of comments in the past, I know for sure to you, Brandon, about how I feel like I've never been able to be as happy single as when I've been in relationships in the past, and I just love like that relate like the companionship of being in a relationship. So reading this pretty much sounds like it's pretty much in alignment with what this personality type is all about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've evolved a little bit, and I'm not as dependent on this happening, but I just feel like the seriousness of it and the fact that I'm not really as into these sort of casual relationships I think is pretty accurate towards my personality type. Yeah, you definitely crave that substance within that companionship uh, rather than you know, not that you might not ever just have something casual, but when you actually go to think about what kind of a relationship do I want to have, I think it's always been thinking of the future and how that will kind of fit into um, your, uh, I guess, expectations. Um, I think um, another thing that I wanted to just mention about mine was it says long distance relationships are quite common among campaigners as they view physical distance as just another idea. No match for concepts like love. (laughs) So I wanted to point that out because people that know me probably will find this idea dramatic in me. But I have I, I, I think in the past probably even still there there have been a lot of things that i've felt that if you truly love somebody it can conquer a lot and uh maybe that might even be a reason that i'm single but i think this is just there's a lot of reasons why you're single oh yeah let's hear a motherfucker (laughs) i'm just playing but uh another thing that mine says is protagonists don't need much to be happy just to know that their partner is happy and for their partner to to express that happiness through visible affection, pretty much to a T. I really don't need much to be happy, but I do like when I can tell that the person that I'm with is generally happy with me and just a generally happy person in general. Yeah. (laughs) There's one other thing um, that I wanted to mention. Ladies, if you're listening to this podcast, listen up to this part. People with the campaigner personality type express these ideals sexually as well. Exploring the physical with imagination and passion, viewing these times together as a chance to let their feelings for each other shine, sharing their love and affection. Campaigners will willingly experiment with their partners, even early in a relationship, but they can also be oddly perfectionistic, believing that these physical acts are a representation of their deeper love, and as such, should not be performed carelessly. This perfectionism Perfectionism is also a reflection of their sensitivity, their desire to not disappoint, and campaigners appreciate a well-placed compliment. Yeah. So I need more compliments, ladies. <laughs> it sound like a douche. Dude. Oh, I kind of, I kind of feel it, though, for you. I think that is you. It definitely is me. Uh, anything else you want to talk about in relationships? 
No, no, no. This is I. I love reading this stuff. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm playing it up like I'm playing it like a caricature, but I do think that there is a lot of truth within uh, within these things. So. The only thing I disagree with on mine is protagonist's tendency to avoid any kind of conflict, sometimes even sacrificing their own principles to keep the peace, can lead to long-term problems if their efforts never fully resolve the underlying issues that they mask. I don't mess with that because I'm so upfront. That is um, not true. I will disagree with you. <laughs> I can think of a specific okay, I've been example. Burned before with this. I've been burned before with this, but I think I've gotten better. <laughs> Yeah, but it is you. Don't try to act like it's not you. I can remember a specific story of a relationship where you got into a situation that wasn't too hot for you, but you just let it happen anyways, and it never got fully resolved, but you stayed with that person. I don't want to hear your shit. (laughs) Hey, not... Yep. All right, moving on. (laughs) All right, so... Friendships. When it comes to friendships, protagonists are anything but passive. While some personality types may accept the circumstantial highs and lows of friendship, their feelings waxing and waning with the times, protagonists will put active effort into maintaining these connections, viewing them as substantial and important, not something to let slip away through laziness or inattention. I think a testament to that is our friendship. You know, yeah. we could have easily fallen by the wayside, but I think a big part of it was you, you will, your willingness to make sure that in some way, shape, or form we stayed in touch. Not that I had nothing to do with it, but I, I definitely think, I mean, I haven't stayed in great touch with a lot of other my long-distance friendships, so I think that is a testament to this this part of you. Yeah, pretty pretty much the the short of my friendships for a protagonist is they like to get to know people on like a deep level and their efforts that they put in are very like intense and they're they're they matter a lot so i feel like that's pretty much exactly how i am yeah absolutely uh so mine it says as friends campaigners are cheerful and supportive always sharing and developing ideas and staying open-minded, taking in others' thoughts and feelings. This warmth and sincerity makes people with the campaigner personality type masters of drawing people out of their shells, and as a result, they tend to have a huge circle of friends. Um, I don't think... I would the last part, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't say... Well, I mean, I, I do have a lot of friends, but in terms of my, like, really core friends, I guess that's the difference. Like, I... Even with the whole, the idea of this personality type being popular, I remember when I moved home from uh, Tennessee, I was told that I was really popular back in Tennessee, and I was like, oh, really? And I guess it was just because I I had uh, some sort of impression on a lot of different people, Uh, not people that I would necessarily consider my best friends or anything, but... They're, they did kind of feel that. And if you, if you like, are in a working environment with me where I see you a lot and stuff, I think that this definitely can ring true where I'm, I, it's pretty easy for me to gain friendships. But it's just what I consider my core friendships. It's not necessarily a huge circle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is, this is definitely accurate for me. Um, I think a lot of... My favorite part of this is, I guess, the the part that rings most true is that uh, the masters of drawing people out of their shells. I think, I think it, that's actually a dangerous thing with with my personality, because I think sometimes that I do that with people, and then I think, oh, that's the real them. Look how beautiful this person is. I. I wish everybody could see this, but I think I've started to realize as I've gotten older that they're not really comfortable showing that part of themselves. So normally they're not going to be that way. It's just maybe something in me that draws it out of them or something, which is cool. It's great, but I need to be more aware of that with friendships and even romantic relationships too. Do you have anything else you want to comment on friendships? Um... I was trying to look at yours to see if there was anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like mine seems pretty accurate, and I feel like even our personality types seem like they could be friends with one another. Well, I th- this line is so perfect. Um, 
While protagonists enjoy leading this helping hand, other personality types may simply not have the energy to, dr- to or drive to keep up with it. Creating further strain, pe- people with the protagonist personality type can become offended if their efforts aren't reciprocated when the opportunity arises. I think that's definitely... I think it it definitely impacts you too because I do think one of your strengths is how in tune you are with other people and and so when you do make these efforts uh, not getting that reciprocation I think definitely it feels like a blow for you I don't know if you agree with that or not but yeah no I I agree I think a lot of my frustration comes to when I am not in alignment with how friendships are supposed to go because I feel like for me for me to like really be good friends with someone, they have to like understand me pretty well. So I do get pretty frustrated when it seems like someone thinks that it's okay to act a certain way in our friendship when I'm just like, no, <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about your this last line, the joy protagonists take in moving things forward means that there's always a sense of purpose behind their friendships, creating bonds that are not easily shaken. I mean, again, uh, our friendship has been a testament of that. It's not, not something that uh, I could ever see concluding completely just because of what we've grown out of this, you know. Agreed. Agreed strongly. Um, well, dude, the next one seems extremely relevant for us, honestly. Uh, so, parenthood. This is extremely relevant because neither of us are parents. But <laughs> at the same time, it's good to know that... Um, protagonists as natural leaders protagonists make excellent parents striving to strike a balance between being encouraging and supportive friends to their children while also working to instill strong values and a sense of personal responsibility if there's one strong trend with the protagonist personality type it's that they are a bedrock of empathetic support not bullheadedly telling people what they ought to do but helping them to explore their options and encouraging them to follow their hearts. You're going to be uh, such a great dad. I've always said that I think I can make a good dad, just only when the time is right. (laughs) I was on the phone with Steven yesterday, and he's like, you know, I haven't seen a lot of 20- and 30-year-olds walking around with their kids. I think I'm ready to be a dad. He didn't actually say that. I gave him shit because that's kind of what it sounded like he was about to say. (laughs) No, I just said, like, you know, the next phase of life. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, all right. I see what you're about. Maybe maybe I'm about it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, parenthood for campaigners. If there is anything that makes campaigners great parents, it's the sense of wonder they have for all things new and beautiful, a sense that they will be able to share with their children every day as they learn and grow. Throughout their children's lives, campaigners provide a combination of almost overwhelming love and support and an unstructured environment revolving around freedom and creativity. This in no way means that people with a campaigner personality type will simply leave their children to their own devices without guidance. Rather, campaigners' parents want to share uh, oh sorry, campaigner parents want to share in their children's perspective, share in a world without bounds. Campaigner parents are playful and warm and love to see their children excited, playing in, and experimenting with the world around them. It is likely that campaigner parents will encourage us play and growth by suggesting activities and lessons. That is 100% how I feel like I would be as a parent. Um, I almost feel like one thing I'm going to need to check is making sure that I do have some structure or some discipline so that... (laughs) I think my dad probably could fall under this too because sometimes we always give him crap because um, the uh, like my mom would say you're not his brother and I feel like sometimes with that <laughs> that desire to like um, be supportive and like experience things together and grow together that can come across as more of a peer rather than an authority figure versus like a child um so that's something that i'll definitely have to to keep up for but other than that i i'm i think this definitely will be something that uh rings true when i become a daddy maybe i'm a daddy any any women out there that have kids i don't know (laughs) (laughs) what a story that would be (laughs) what a story Will, will we do a podcast episode on that 
Yeah, if we get an email, like, someone writes in, they're like, yeah, actually. Then our next episode is actually going to be on that. Forget conspiracy theories, because this won't be conspiracy theory. This will be, like, we know this is a real thing. And it'll be an episode similar to your album, where it's not going to be a numbered episode or anything. It's just Brandon has an announcement. <laughs> 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 oh man it'd be really fun we can we can experiment with some sound effects of like baby, babies crying or something oh that's gonna be great <laughs> more <laughs> editing for me even though I'm a dad now <laughs> dude we'd love to see it love to see it alright career paths or do you want to say anything else about that? no I think we should move on because I feel like we gotta wait to us actually being the parents when I get to be the, the god, I'm gonna be the godfather to your kids. <laughs> well, you can't be the godfather to my kids. I don't believe in God. I, I'm the honorary godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. When it comes to finding a career, people with the protagonist personality type cast their eyes towards anything that lets them do what they love most: helping other people. Lucky for them, people like being helped and are even willing to pay for it, which means. That Stephen will start charging people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> it says that means that in here. It's really weird. <laughs> Which means that protagonists are rarely wanting for inspiration and opportunity in their search for meaningful work. Yeah? What do you think? Uh, well, definitely look for meaningful work. Uh, because if I, f- I have a horrible habit... Where if I don't feel connected to what I'm doing, I just don't care at all. Like, if I, like, for the podcast, I care so much about it because this is, like, my thing. But I've had times in the past where, like, if I work for, like, a, a company and I'm just, like, a number of just, like, some random guy and like, they don't actually care about me, I just, like, have a really tough time wrapping my mind around finding any value in it. Like, any at all. I'm just like, okay, sweet. So they don't know who I am. None of this matters. I have absolutely no impact like I just don't care that much uh but in terms of like the willing to help people thing like I mean part of the reason why I do this stuff is I want to be a representation of anyone who's gone through the same things in their life as me and someone can hear what I have to say and and be like oh okay well Stephen did this so I can do it too like I so yeah that's super important to me and I don't know that part definitely rings clear uh, general interest in other people too. I mean, the whole news reporting, like interviewing people, like l- I love to get to know people and and hear things um, about their lives. So it's pretty much on point. Well, you even talked, I think, last episode, the losing our virginity episode, about the the most or the first time you really thought we had something with the podcast, or or that you really had something kind of jump out at you, was in a spotlight episode with Matt from Friends with Music. But yeah, that makes sense for you uh, because you're interested in intriguing people. You've said that explicitly to me uh, before, or specifically. Um, okay, career paths for me. Um, here's a quote. It says, Can't I fly helicopters and be an oceanographer who writes songs and cooks? It's a big world out there, perhaps even a little too big. Campaigners are fascinated by new ideas both in terms of developments in fields they are already familiar with and when new subjects come along. The trick for people with a campaigner personality type is to take advantage of this quality, this wonder with the magnificent breadth and detail in the world, and to use it to propel themselves further and deeper than others are willing or able to go. Yeah, I think, I think that idea of, yeah, like in the, the beginning part of it, I'm going to pull it up because... There's something about it that I was like, oh, yeah, that can't I fly helicopters and be an oceanographer who writes songs and cooks. That struck a chord with me because it kind of reminded me of when you said you had a tough time figuring out what you wanted to do because you had like a lot of interest in things you felt like you could be good at. So yeah. I, that immediately just jumped out at me. And I feel like you've, you've kind of alluded to things before where it's like it's kind of hard to narrow down what what you want to do when you've, you are someone who is generally interested and has different talents and things. And, yeah, so that, that definitely struck a chord. Anything else you want to say along the uh, career paths? Uh, no, we can go on to, do you want to do workplace habits? Yeah, yeah, well, just quickly. Um, people with the protagonist personality type are intelligent, warm, idealistic, charismatic, creative, social, 
with this wind at their backs, protagonists are able to thrive in many diverse roles at any level of seniority. Moreover, they are simply likable people, and this quality propels them to succeed wherever they have a chance to work with others. I, I go back and forth on if I genuinely think that I am good at like working in a team environment, because I am in the sense of like I really want everyone to be successful, and I think I am like a good like group leader, facilitator to make sure everything gets done. But there are times where I just like to be kind of able to just control my own thing and I don't want to have to work with other people well, which is one of the reasons why I think even the podcast sometimes it's like ooh I gotta work with another person now hmm. that's interesting as I was gonna argue that if you were like the boss at a place I think it would be easier for you to feel good about it because you wouldn't have somebody over the top of you uh, I think that goes with your leadership qualities I think that you might have certain ideas of how things are going to do and you don't want anybody else telling you how you're going to do it but yeah. i think in general you are uh charismatic creative social like these things you do work well with people but i think having a person over the top of you and maybe that's the problem with the podcast is i'm not over the top of you but you're not over the top of me so it's it's more collaborative so sometimes that can be a little maybe difficult because there not that there's a, a power struggle struggle or anything but there is a little bit of okay i you know there's something that i think should be done here but brandon doesn't agree with it how does that finish? yeah well it's just like anything if you take the five most uh, like talented musicians at their instrument if you put them in a room and you say all right write a great song they're all going to compromise a little bit to put that big best song together there's no way that all five of them are going to be like yeah this is exactly what we should be doing when we make this song. There's just always going to be a level of, no matter what you do in life, you're always going to have to compromise something unless it's entirely your thing. So, I don't know. What, um, as managers, protagonists combine their skill in recognizing individual motivations with their natural charisma to not push their teams and projects forward, to, or to not only push their teams and projects forward, but to make their teams want to push forward, they may sometimes stoop to manipulation, the alternative often being a more direct confrontation, but protagonist's end goal is to get done what they set out to do in a way that leaves everyone involved satisfied with their roles and the results they achieve together. I feel like that speaks pretty well. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have a tough time, like, if people are going to end up being dissatisfied to try to push the project along. My my thought is I want to make ev play up everybody's strengths so that they can all feel cuz I I just feel like a lot of times a lot of managers just kind of like bully everybody around and I feel like what you really want to do is you want to make everyone feel good about themselves and be the best versions of themselves because you don't have to bully people if they can find motivation in what they're doing cuz you genuinely like make them feel good about what they're doing. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm very much in alignment with that. So, what, what about you? What, what's your uh, thing? Yeah, so uh, for campaigners, there are two basic things that campaigners seek most in the workplace. The chance to explore new ideas and the chance to conduct that exploration alongside other people who share their excitement. These qualities show through at all levels of hierarchy Though much like other diplomat personality types, campaigners would prefer that there be hardly an a hierarchy at all. People with a campaigner personality type possess warmth, creativity, and an open-mindedness that makes them excellent listeners. If these qualities are recognized by their employers, they will always be able to count on their campaigner employees to innovate and boost morale. I think I remember getting a note in, in my most recent at the job that I'm at now, uh, after I'd been working there for a year, um, my boss, the thing she put in the note was, thank you for always making everybody on our team laugh and, and enjoy their time here at work. So I, I definitely think bringing that warmth in is definitely something that, um, not, not that I necessarily try to do, but just ends up kind of happening. Um, just because you read the protagonist managers, I'll read quickly, uh, the campaigner manager, especially because I was a general manager of a Jimmy John, so this, I think, will speak volumes to this. So campaigners are not great fans of heavy hierarchy or bureaucracy. 
and this is most evident when they take on the role of manager. As managers, campaigner personalities behave much like they do as colleagues. They establish real friendships and use their broad popularity to inspire and motivate, taking on the role of leader, working alongside their subordinates rather than shouting from behind their desks. Campaigners will tend to believe in the concept of intrinsic motivation, the idea that things are worth doing for their own sake, not because of some convoluted system of punishments and rewards. That was totally me. My The owner, who is basically my boss, hated it. She thought that I should be more black and white and authoritative. Uh, but one thing that I can say is the turnover rate when I became the general manager of that Jimmy John's was much, much lower than before I was the general manager of the Jimmy John's because I took the time to really establish relationships. Now, maybe some of those people I should have probably fired when I kind of gave them an extra chance or really tried to help them forward. But ultimately, I think it created an environment that people enjoyed coming to and working in. So, Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it, man. Any, any, uh, Anything else you want to say about the quiz? Um, no, I mean, we can... Do you want to just talk... Just say about, like the first paragraph of the conclusion of this, and then we can go on to kind of give people an update on our lives and shit? Well, maybe even instead of reading this, I'll just kind of give my, my breakdown of how I kind of thought this quiz was in general. I, I mean, you know, I, I, took, I took something about my personality type recently... Um, this insights test where I found out that I was a like a social a dominant social person pretty much um, very extroverted so I was kind of curious how that would translate into this um, but that that test was more like how to work with me this is more just knowing my like I don't know. This is just a little bit different, and I I like this test a lot, actually, and I think it was pretty accurate to how I am as a person. I do think that protagonist does seem kind of like a cool thing to be. As I said, only 2%. That's that's nice. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Hey, just just in case you guys didn't hear, like he said, 2%. Do you guys hear that? I, I do question slightly as to how my answers were able to give such thorough analysis but yeah no i'm i mean i'm glad that we did this and i feel like my biggest takeaway is but like some of the relationship aspects like just kind of knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are within them and to maybe be more cautious of them well just just to clear up this whole how your answers gave a thorough analysis the personality types are already defined and explained so you just have it's not like your results were very they came up with all that right when you took the test there there's people at the lab who're like this guy's got to finish the test some potions together we can't write up this paragraph about how he is in relationships until he finishes these tests the personality types are a broad encompassing um, idea of who we are and you you take the test there are a bunch of different questions that are essentially in different ways asking the same thing so they ask you things to find out how extroverted you are things to find out how or introverted things to find out how um, intuitive you are how much you feel versus how much you analyze and then based on all the different ways that you answer those questions trying to figure that stuff out the personality types then stand out within how you answer. So uh, this, again, this test is very um, popular within the psychology as a science. It's been researched and and used in a lot of different circumstances, and it's it's thought to be very valid um, and reliable. Um, I, I wanted to ask, I feel pretty good about it with my results. Were there anything that, was there anything in here that surprised you specifically? Literally the only thing that, uh, one of these, I don't even remember exactly where it says that it, it mentioned something about being not competitive, and that's just not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't even remember which one it was under now. I wish I would have like highlighted where it was at. But honestly, all in all, it, it's pretty accurate. Like yeah. I can't even complain too much about any of these. Well, and again, the, the thing we kind of I talked about earlier too was you see your weaknesses. That doesn't necessarily mean you always exhibit those weaknesses. A, a lot of the things, if you're a self-aware person, maybe you already knew that those were your weaknesses, and so you're able to um, 
either put those to the side when you're in a situation where those weaknesses might typically come out just because you're aware of it or it's something that you just need to work on and you can work yep. on it and get better at it. But uh, overall, I think the, these tests are really good to, to take a look at um, some in-depth analysis of who you are, what makes you tick, how you handle certain situations. Uh, I really appreciate it for sure. Oh, you're right. Um, anything else you want to say about these tests? No, we can go on to, I know you have a lot of stuff coming up that you wanted to let people know. So, All right, well, yeah, first off, um, thank you for listening to this portion of the test stuff. But I just wanted to make a couple comments of things that are coming up. One, I will be going out of town to go to the Home Run Derby in Cleveland, Ohio, which is an event that I've been wanting to go to like my entire life. And it just so happens to be in Cleveland this year, so it's like a double reason to go. Uh, I get to go home for like the 4th of July, and I get to go um, see some Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home runs, which would be pretty cool, which also cr- makes me feel very old that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is in the MLB in the Home Run Derby when it feels like not that long ago I was playing MVP baseball with Vladimir Guerrero Sr. being a young guy in the game and, like, the best player. Yeah. So it feels really, really weird. I guess we're getting kind of old now, so I don't even know what to say about that. But uh, aside from that, I'm going to Minnesota, as I had mentioned before, uh, in August. And I think somewhere in between those two, I'm going to Philadelphia for a couple of days, which should be kind of cool. Um, aside from that, I think that's all I was going to say from an update standpoint. Just keep subscribed to my YouTube channel because there's going to be more skit videos coming out. Um, I did one recently with Cindy B., um, where we got to like know each other with different questions, and I thought that was pretty interesting video. So, doing some more collaborations and uh, doing more skits. So, be on the lookout. My YouTube, if you guys don't know, is uh, Stephen Russell B. Check it out. Cool. Well, uh, what about recommendations? We've been trying to do uh, some recommendations lately. Do you have any for the the folks at home? Uh, well, it's not a recommendation yet because I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to be seeing Toy Story 4 coming up, uh, which I'm looking forward to because I absolutely love those Toy Story movies. And uh, one other thing I guess I want to bring up while I'm thinking about it that I didn't mention is Stranger Things Season 3 is coming out, and I plan on doing some content based around Stranger Things and kind of like uh, – because people always say I don't watch enough shows and like enough things going on. So uh, I do want to say that I do like that show, and I'm going to make some videos around it. So that's one other thing that I have coming up. So I do recommend seeing that show if you have not seen it before because it is pretty good. And, um, yeah. Cool. Well, my recommendations, I got two songs for you guys to listen to. Um, The first song is called Still Feel It All, and it's by Maro, M-A-R-O. I posted it on my Instagram last night. I was going to bed, but I just could not stop listening to that song. Um, it's, I think, something that uh, the subject matter, obviously I don't know exactly what the person wrote it about, but uh, the the lyrics kind of talk about how it's been five years and you still see this person that you're no longer with and they make you feel things and you still feel that connection and you wish you could escape it. You wonder if they feel it too. Uh, so it's it's a pretty powerful song. And then uh, the song See Me by Talos, and that's T-A-L-O-S. Not much to say on what that song means or anything. I just really like the sound of it. I haven't really been able to dive deep into the lyrics or anything, but those are two songs that I have kind of discovered recently. You guys should check them out, and uh, that's all I have for that. Anything else you want to say before I send us out of here? Um, I've been going back and playing Super Mario Odyssey. I recommend playing that game. It's a lot of fun. If you've never played it before, it's one of the best uh, platformer games, and I'm really looking forward to the addition of Banjo-Kazooie to Super Smash Brothers. I uh, know. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be awesome. As I saw that, I was like, Steven's going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, I'm not a gamer, like like a very big gamer at all, but Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie are two of my favorite games ever, and every time a new Super Smash Brothers game comes out, I always make a joke to my brother, like, oh, Banjo-Kazooie's coming out, or I'll, like, I'll bluff and say that Banjo-Kazooie are in the game. And now 20 years of doing that later, it actually happens. So it's kind of cool. You are a wizard or a fortune teller or something. (laughs) 
And well, another thing is the new Mario Party, the Super Mario Party on the on the Switch is actually pretty decent. So if you like Mario Party games, if you like the ones on the Nintendo Nintendo 64 back in the day, the new one on the Switch is like not bad. I recommend Halo, uh, Halo One. If you guys have ever heard of it, check it out. It's a new recommendation. No I recommend uh, rock and roll music. You know, for a while we were just playing this banjo stuff, but like now there's some there's some real bands out there that will play this real loud guitar. Thing I recommend the it, Beatles. <laughs> I recommend Elvis. He like he shakes his hips a lot. It's no more that's just sitting in a rocking chair playing the banjo. <laughs> yeah. I recommend TV. Like for there's no radio, more sitting around playing the, the banjo on the radio now. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you for those of you who made it this far into the episode. Thank you for those of you who tuned into the live stream on Twitch. Again, if you ever want to watch this episode on Twitch. Uh, you go to twitch.tv slash music. I don't know if that's where we'll always have it, but as as for right now, that's that's where it's at. Um, or if we go live on Instagram, it's at music or at Stephen Russell B. If you guys want to send us an email, uh, ask us a question, say a comment or a concern, uh, let us know your thoughts. If you guys take the personality test yourself, send your results to us i'd be curious to see what some of our listeners have to say our email is emgpod at gmail.com you can also give us a call 513-427-EMG5 follow us on instagram and twitter at emgpod or our personal accounts at bflip and music at Stephen russell b we typically try to ask you guys a question leading up to our episode to get your thoughts or um, if you have any questions about the specific topic next week's topic will be on conspiracy theories so uh like something a little different than we've ever done but i'm excited to uh to break that down so yeah thanks so much for listening well uh we'll talk to you soon